Hi, James. Welcome to Entrepreneur Survival Guide. It's great to have you with us. Um, as always with our podcast, we like to start off by offering some value to our listeners to help them achieve their goals and be more successful. So let's jump straight in. Tell us what you think is the top number one tip you can give to business owners and entrepreneurs to be more successful. Awesome. Thanks, mine, And thank, thanks for having me as well. My top tip is an easy one. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business. Okay, that's interesting. So what do you mean by harder on yourself? Do you mean go to the gym 10 times a week and, and that kind of stuff? Not really, no, not necessarily. Physical fitness is great and it's definitely going to help you, your mindset and your business as well in, in a diluted way. I mean more the personal development, self-development stuff. As you grow, your business can never overtake the owner. So... A business can outgrow and outperform the person that's at the top of the at the top of the pyramid, so to speak. So, work harder on yourself, grow yourself, educate yourself. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business. Okay, so we're kind of alluding to the um, Einstein's quote, which I'll probably do no favors to here, but goes something along the lines of the level of thinking that got us to where we are today isn't the level of thinking that's going to get us to the next level. Is that right? Exactly. You cannot solve the problems that you face today at the same level as you were when you created them. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So I get that. And that seems a fab thing to say, potentially harder to put into practice. So what would you suggest is kind of the first step on that journey to personal development and continuing to grow yourself? Yeah, good question. So I always say to people, there's a, the, the big thing, the big difference between the millionaires, the billionaires, my top clients that are turning over nine figures and those people that are really struggling, whether it be in life or business, uh, I call it the big AC. I have an acronym for it. It's the big AC. And the B stands for books. Now, luckily, we live in a tech world. You don't have to just learn through books anymore. You can learn through podcasts, seminars, videos, audible, whatever it might be. And usually, there's a, I always say to people, there's a big gap in terms of what millionaires, billionaires, the super successful have and what those that are really struggling have. And where is that gap? Is it in terms of IQ? Can a mil Does a millionaire have 10 times more than the average person? Yeah. Do they have a 10 times higher IQ? It's impossible. And what about time? Do they have 10 times more, more hours in a day? No, it's impossible. So the gaps are quite small there, if any gap. The, the, the place where the gaps start opening up is in the big AC. So the B stands for books. Basically, it means educating yourself. And the average CEO reads 60 books a year, whereas the average person in the UK, 58% of people never read a book again in their life after they finish education, i.e. college or university. 58%. Which is, which is fascinating because I've read far more books now than I ever did at school, um, which probably says a lot. Um, <laughs> so... I guess that is that something that you walk the walk as well as talking the talk on. You read a lot of books yourself. Absolutely, I, I test and measure, and I target myself on reading two books a week. So, in a ten-year period, and it's probably coming up to ten years now that I've been doing that. In a ten-year period, that's a thousand books. Now, wow. imagine how what you'd be if you'd read a thousand books. And oh, likewise, if you don't, what about the people that are? There are a thousand books in front of you, so. Again, like I said, it doesn't have to just be books. However, no matter what, it is absolutely critical. The first thing I work on with my clients is mindset, 
education and improving themselves. Your business cannot grow if you do not grow. Okay, so you cannot grow if you, the business cannot grow if you do not grow. And you've read about a thousand books or so in the last 10 years, which is awesome. I assume that um, we're potentially not suggesting to go out and read Lord of the Rings and um, Macbeth. And that might not, <laughs> I'm sure it will help a little bit, but um, broadens the mind without a doubt. So what would be your top three books maybe, or even your just top one book? put you on the spot because i know we've not uh, asked you to prepare anything so what would be the top book that you suggest people go out and start to digest great point and you did really well thinking of two uh, fictional books off the top of your head whenever i tried to do that martin <laughs> i struggled so you did really well couldn't with a uh, lord of the rings and so on and so forth i usually use harry potter um for my top my top three books number one it would be there's a book from a guy called Jim Rowan, who is the godfather of personal development. And he's Tony Robbins' mentor. Brad Sugars, who's number one business coach in the world, he was his mentor. Jim Rowan is the man, and he has a book called Seven Strategies to Wealth and Happiness. That is the book I've ever read. Very, very good. The other two, it would really depend. In terms of personal development stuff, I'd read one of Tony Robbins's. Um, Awaken the Giant Within or Unleash Your Power. Both very, very good books. And there's a book called Be the Best as well. That's another very good book. So those, those I mean, there's three or four books there. Absolutely fantastic. will get you on the journey. Other than that, what I would always strongly suggest is reading blocks. If your biggest challenge right now in the business is sales, read five sales books. Don't go sales, marketing, personal development, finance, team. Do five sales books. You will be such a great salesperson compared to where you are now. Five books in. Same thing. If your challenge is marketing, read five marketing books. Okay, so pick a theme of what you might consider. I want to think of a better word than weakness. Um, an area of opportunity to develop and learn. Pick a theme around that and, and work on that for a bit and then move on to the next theme and just digest as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. And what you'll find as well in a lot of great books, you only have to find one because they'll normally have recommendations in there, either books that they mentioned throughout the book, I pick this up here, or they'll, they'll have recommendations at the end. That's, um, that's a superb top tip as well, really. Such a, a really little golden nugget because um, how many of us spend so much time looking at review books, top 10 books on sales or top 10 books on personal development, and you end up for one blog that tells you this is the top 10, and then the next blog tells you a different top 10 so like say get to the end of a book and then just go for the top recommendation in that book if you've enjoyed it i guess exactly yeah and, and everyone to their own strengths i mean there's a book on finance and pretty much all the top guys in the world and i'm talking you super billionaires with a b um, have mentioned this book and it's called the richest man in babylon and it's astounding really and this is the this is what i'm talking about the personal development and where we start seeing the gap said before, the IQ, there isn't much of a gap. Time, hours in the day, not much of a gap. When we look at how much people read, huge gaps start opening up. And this book, Richest Man in Babylon, Warren Buffett recommends it. Tony Robbins recommends it. Jim Rohn recommends it. Millions of people have heard this recommendation. And what have they done with that info? Nothing. And Warren Buffett went on record saying, this book was a turning point in my life. I mean, this is one of the richest guys in history. If he's saying it's a good book to read in terms of finance, go and read it. Richest Man in Babylon, fantastic book. 
Okay. And that, that's really interesting that you started to mention there about the amount of people that read it but not put anything to action. So I remember, I think um, it would have been a Tony Robbins Unleash, um, Get the Edge or Unlimited Power, some, one of those two audio guides. And he went through several percentages about the amount of the percentage of people that don't pick up any kind of personal development, then the percentage of people that buy it but don't that just put it on a shelf and don't do anything with it. Then, and the percentage get crazier and crazy. Then the percentage of people that listen to it but don't take action on it as well, which is another just crazy thing. If I read it or listen to it, then great things will happen, which is simply not true. So what would be your top tip on that theme of terms of reading a book and then putting something into action? How do you go about that personally? That's a great question. Um, goal setting is massive. So I have a... Um... I have two different ways of taking notes. Now, not everybody, this is something Tony's big on. When you're learning something, take notes. It helps your retention just dramatically. The average person takes in 10% of the info. At a seminar, for example, take notes, that improves to 56%. And the same is true if you're reading, watching a video, audible, whatever it might be. Taking notes is, is absolutely key. So I have two different notebooks. One of them is just a journal. And the stuff that really makes me go, wow, that is good. That is impressive. I need to recall this at a later date. That goes in my journal. Now, that journal over the last five years is, is almost a full book now. And that, that book has got to be, you know, it's, it's worth thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds to me. The amount of information and knowledge that's in there from some of the greatest minds on the planet and in the planet's history. Then I have a separate book, and that's my notebook for action points. So I never combine the two because it gets a little messy and then notes end up getting forgotten. So I just make a list of action points. Them action points, the sooner you get them in your diary, the better. I run my day off a diary. If you don't run the day, the day runs you. So I run my day very strict with my time, run off a diary, and all my big goals, all the little action points that I want to take go straight into my diary. Okay, brilliant. So do you make those actions as you're reading the book, or do you get to the end of the book and then make the actions? What works for you? What works for me is doing it as I go. Um, everyone's different. That's my reality. It doesn't have to be yours or anybody or any of your listeners. Whatever works for you, do that. Find your own way. Find what works for you. This is just my tips and hints and, like I said, my reality. I do it as I go. My memory's terrible, um, so I'm, I counterbalance that by being super organized. So that's the, that's the way I do it. Although I know, I know some great people with some great memories who would be able to do that at the end. So find what works for you. Yeah, they're super annoying, those people with the memories that can recall everything they read. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think you mentioned reading, was it two books a week? Two, two books a week is what I'm tracking at the minute, yeah, and I've done for the last couple of years. Okay, so reading two books a week and making notes in two different journals as you go along, that sounds really time-consuming, if I'm honest. How, how do you find that time? Do you have, have you been on a speed reading course? Are you super fast at reading? What, what, what's your approach there? That is a, another great question. So I was just going to add, until you mentioned speed reading, if you're going to do a lot of reading, learn how to do it well. <laughs> and speed reading not only helps you read quicker, it helps you take in the information really well. So why not rewind six, seven years, and I was trying to get through two books a week, and I would read, and I'd read four pages, and then think, what the hell have I just read? I, I forgot what I just read on those four pages because I was focused on something else. Speed reading helps you zone in, set the information. So 
I mean, there's books that you can get for three, four, five quid on speed reading that are 100 pages long, 150 pages long, and you'll come out of the other side. I mean, you'll save that amount of time that it's cost you both financially and the time you've invested within two books. So, yeah, speed reading, go and get a speed reading book. If, you, if there's a local course near you, go and do that. It's, um, that's a big, big game changer. And the rest of it is all around making time. So the poor man says, James, and I've had this challenge, James, listen, I work all day. I get home, I have a bite to eat, and then I watch a little bit of TV. It's time for bed. That's the poor man's mentality. You've got to find the time, and especially if you're speed reading. Jim Rohn, is, is, whose book I recommended earlier, always says, you can miss a meal, never miss your reading. Okay. It's the thing that's going to make a huge difference to your life. So to be honest, it's... Um, it's maybe 45 minutes a day, again, because I'm speed reading. It will only take me three days to read a book. So 45 minutes a day, the average book's 200 pages. You can do it pretty quickly once you get uh, better at speed reading. So for now, until read your first book on speed reading, you'll do a book a week anyway and build your way up to two. It sounds really, really good advice that does. And I think for those um, that potentially use an Apple device, that you get a report every week that says how much time you spent on average a day on your phone and I know looking at my phone I could I should be able to find 45 minutes a day to read easily because it's telling me I spend seven hours or something like that on my phone and I think if people look at a report of that or um, even just make a note of how much time they're, they're spending on a phone or other mobile devices they'll realize that that 45 minutes is there every single day if not double that amount of time is there available as well quite comfortably if people are reading Facebook LinkedIn and I get the challenge a lot nowadays, James, I use social media for work. It's like, yeah, okay, so split it down. And usually the average person in the UK spends over two hours a day on Facebook. Now, even if you split that down to 50-50, there's still an hour there that you're reading your personal friends' news feeds. Spend that hour a day educating yourself. Spend that hour a day working on yourself and changing yours and your family's life as opposed to reading about what your neighbours did on Bonfire Night. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think anybody's got five years down the line and look at the, if they've achieved their goals and gone, well, I've achieved my goals because I spent two hours a day on Facebook. Not <laughs> many, maybe Mark Zuckerberg himself, but the rest of us know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I was thinking through there, that, that requires a lot of dedication and motivation. And for those that are watching the podcast, we can't help but notice there's some memorabilia behind you, which seems to be connected to your good self. So tell us a little bit now about your background. Where, where did you start and how do you, what is your motivation and story to um, helping others succeed? Great question. I'll give you a whirlwind tour uh, because otherwise we could be here all day. <laughs> so I started boxing, as, as you can tell, this is all my boxing memorabilia at the back other than the picture of Muhammad Ali in the corner. I started boxing at age 12 um, I absolutely loved it. I wasn't the most naturally gifted. There were certainly lads um, better than me when I, when I started out. Just worked hard. Really enjoyed it. That played a big part in it. Put in a lot of hours. Got to a real good level. Got to a national level. And then at 16, I made a lot of mistakes. I was a bit of a troubled youth. I grew up on a rough council estate and fitted the stereotype of a young lad who boxes living on a council estate. Got in a lot of trouble with the police, got kicked out of high school and ended up homeless at 16. So I went through a lot of trauma then for the next kind of five years. 
uh, tried turning my life around by turning professional. Turned professional, only for that to end in a disaster. I ended up breaking my jaw and getting diagnosed with osteoporosis, which is brittle bones, which meant I couldn't fight anymore. Then I was at this kind of age, 21, 22. I've been boxing 10 years, which was almost over almost half my life. And it was my identity. It's what people knew me for. If someone would have said then, do you know James Burke? It was, yeah, he's the boxer. And it was all I'd ever wanted to do. So it was almost like my identity had been taken away from me. I suffered really badly with depression. I was suicidal, diagnosed with psychosis. So I had a really tough time. That time from 16 to 21, 22, really tough time. Um, it rock bottom. And at that point, I, I always advise people this. I always advise clients nowadays this. Of when you have a breakdown, a breakup with a partner, maybe a break apart like I did with my family, whatever, whatever that breakdown is, just on the other side of that is your breakthrough. And that was definitely true for me. I turned my life around and had a, my first child, my son, Matthew, and went and got a job in a state agency. So I just started answering the phones, answering the telephones. Within 18 months, I was a branch manager. 18 months after that, my branch won an award for the best estate agency business in the UK, uh, biggest profit growth. And about 18 months after that, seemed to come in 18 month cycles, I was a director for one of the largest agencies in the UK, which was Yolpa, an online agent. So everything had gone really, really quickly. I was on six figures at this point. So I'd gone from literally being homeless um, not that many years before to earning six figures. And it had all just escalated really quickly. And my big thing then was, how can I help as many people as possible? And I kind of had this mission. I always had this thing of helping other people, especially from being homeless. So I started doing little bits with homeless charities. And then this kind of mission hit me of trying to make a difference to a million people before 2030. That, that came and it, and it planted a seed similar to the film Inception and it grew and it grew and it grew. And that is my massive motivator now. And the bigger your reason, the bigger, the, I mean, it will pull you towards it anyway and pull you through pretty much any barrier. So that's my mission and vision now is to make a difference to a million by 2030. Um, and that's, that's the big motivator really. And that's what people need. You need a big reason. And sometimes it can feel like you're in limbo a little bit. Um, a great coach, whether it be a life coach or a business coach, will we'll be able to help you with that reason and find your reason. And, and that massively will give you motivation. Beautiful story. Very inspirational without a doubt. What I was really curious about there was... When did that switch happen? So from the troubled council, council state kid to, to the guy that wanted to go out and make a difference like you are now, what, can you remember when the switch actually happened? Did it happen gradually or did it kind of happen in an instant? It was a gradual thing. It was picking it up just from things that I'd seen, read, people that I'd met and, and, and wanted to help. I suppose the one, the, there has to be something of a turning point. Um, the, the vast majority of the stuff I've grown and grown and grown as a person has not been just one thing. The turning point, just a mental switch, your life changes in a minute. Your life, your whole life will change in one minute when you make a decision. And my decision was when I was literally at rock bottom, I was suicidal. I'd gone from having my last fight um, as a 12 stone boxer to being 17 stone. And this was in the space of less than a year. So I put on five stones in a year just from eating junk food and being depressed. I was kind of sat there, like I said, at my lowest, wondering how did I get here. You know, I was this really popular guy. Uh, I had my whole future ahead of me. 
wanted destined to be world champion and all this kind of thing. And I'd gone from sitting there all the way, out of shape, no real future. And I just kind of said, enough's enough. Never again. Never again will I sit in this position. And I just kind of, that, that the old cliche of hitting rock bottom. And when you decide that never again, well, you mean it, never again. Yeah. So one of the recent um, podcasts we've done talked very much about decision versus commitment. And what was kind of the first commitment that you made? What was the first action that you took? The first action that I took was getting a job because I'd always been sports orientated. I'd had little part-time jobs. I knew that I needed to go and get a career now. So the first action that I took was just applying. I literally applied for about 50, 60 estate agency jobs. And to be honest, I didn't get that many interviews. I don't know whether my CV was poor or just the lack of experience. I only had two interviews. And the first interview that I did, I got the job. So I just took it. I took it and, um, and ran with it. And um, yeah, the, the rest is history. Cool. Which is amazing. And now you uh, work as a coach with other business owners. That's right, yeah? Yeah. And what's some of the greatest achievements you have with people, some of your clients that you've worked with? That's a good question. So lots of facts, figures, numbers, and transactional <laughs> stuff. Um, all, the, all the bits that people think they want. So I uh, talk about this regularly. There's different levels. There's, you've got your local level businesses, which are the, the, the problem that the reason that they're local level, not national, is they don't supply us with what we need and want. Think of a great sandwich shop. They might do a great sandwich. Janice, who serves the sandwich, might be lovely. Now, if I want delivery and she doesn't deliver, unfortunately, she doesn't provide us what I need and want. Things like that will stunt her growth. You've got national level that do de- deliver what you need and want. Think Sky. For me, all I want is boxing on a Saturday night and they deliver that, although they're not a great business to deal with. The world-class level is what would your customers love? Think Disney. Disney didn't just give you the roller coaster. They give you the entertainment while you queue for the roller coaster. Think Amazon. They didn't just give you the delivery three to five days for five pounds. They give you next day delivery for free. Um, I think Steve Jobs at Apple didn't give us Snake 2 or Snake 3 when we was in Nokia 3210. He gave us the iPhone, which is your walk-in sat-nav, email, calendar, everything that you need. So what would your customers love? And for me, the need and want, what most businesses want when they start working with me is an increase in profit, an increase in turnover, uh, problems with their team. They want to iron the team out and, and have a synergized team. Or they want to work less. They're working too many hours. And tons of those stories. I work with um, a gentleman called Mike. He's done a great job. He's started his business at the beginning of this year, so 10, 11 months ago. Um, as a startup, literally turning over nothing, didn't start with an existing client base. And he's now doing 50, 60 grand a month in home care. He's done an incredible job. Won a marketing award as well from the stuff that he's learned working together. Um, worked with a company last year, gentleman named John. His business went from 1.8 million to 18. Um, and that was just in within a couple of years. Incredible, incredible results. But to be honest, that's the stuff that the customers need and want. That's the stuff that my clients, my prospects need and want. The things that they would love is the transformational differences. They become better people. They find happiness. That's the key stuff. And for example, John, whose business went from 1.8 to 18, as happy as he is now that his business is now an eight-figure business, um, he saw his kids' nativities for the first time last year and cried for the first time at that nativity as his kids um, were the narrators. As soon as they started speaking, he burst out. 
And that was the first time he claimed he'd cried in 20 years. Wow. So that's the personal development, the transformational stuff. People really transform and that's, that's the biggest difference. That's the true happiness. Yeah. So the myth, the money is, is great stats to talk about. And we, you know, we often see on social media, great stats like that, et cetera. But I, I'm with you. I think it's the, the means to the end. It's what that results in and the transformational stuff that you mentioned there as well. So that's an amazing stuff. And you operate in the Manchester areas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fab. And you mentioned uh, wanting to help a million people. So if somebody's listening to this or watching this and they want to be one of that million people and why wouldn't they be if they want to see that massive increases in their revenue and their lifestyle, how do they reach out to you? Where's the best place to get in contact with James? So there's tons of ways and tons of ways that I can help people as well to help a million people. Uh, I mean, to help a million one-to-one clients is, is, is a, is a big call, right? Um, so there's a program for every business. I can help as many people as I can for free. I do free seminars almost every month on a variety of different subjects all through business. And they're usually done in Manchester, Salford, that kind of area. You find all of those on Eventbrite or LinkedIn. Uh, contact me on LinkedIn, James Burke, the business coach, also on Facebook. Uh, the other big thing is, like I said, tons of stuff on there free. YouTube, I do lots of videos, trying to help as many people as I can. And I've wrote a book. My book's out pretty soon. Book will be out in the next couple of months. You will see that everywhere. That will um, you you won't be able to miss that. Um, and then if anyone is interested in the programs or anything like that, they can email me James Burke B U R K E at actioncoach.com, and yeah, we can go from there. Awesome. And if you um, we'll post the links with the blog and the podcast etc. as well. So if people haven't been able to write it down, they're driving or, or whatever it might be. Um, by all means, you'll find the links with wherever you found this podcast, which in today's digital world, you could have found it on iTunes or Anchor or on my website or whatever, but there'll be a link there to follow. Um, Fab, thank you ever so much for your time today, James. I think there's some really amazing stuff in there. Um, If people just take on board that speed reading uh, top tips and the two journals, uh, one for your personal notes and one for your actions, then like you say, they'll have massive, massive more success than potentially what they're having at the present moment, whatever that success means to them. So I'd like to personally thank you for joining us on the podcast and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. No 